Welcome to DTS 61. We get a free week of Taken King multiplayer modes. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny the Soul. What's up, everybody? My name is BBK Dragoon. It's Destiny, the show number 61. Diddy, how are you doing this week? Very well, actually. I just got back from a lunch with my girlfriend's mother, and we had crab legs, and that was delicious. Oh, my gosh. And I got new glasses this week. So, Do they look good? I think so. Is that a silly question? Of course. I, I mean, pff, of course. I went to the eye doctor this week. It must be great minds thinking alike. What did you do this week? Um, I did the Court of Oryx uh, stream breakdown. That's pretty much all I did this week. A lot of people again, dude. Over 50 people checking out the stream. That's cool for us. You know, we like that. Yeah, that was awesome. I'd love to see the support there. And we got a nice discussion going about an hour and 24 minutes, I think. Yeah. And the VOD for that is available on your channel. Yes, youtube.com slash wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. It's linked on our website as well, destinytheshow.com. Did you play anything other than Destiny this week? No, (laughs) it was just Destiny all week. Just getting Mm -hmm. really hyped for Taken King. So ready for 2.0. We've got a lot of news to talk about. I've been on that MGS5 grind, but uh, with 2.0 almost here, I'm I'm firing up Destiny. I'm (laughs) really excited. So let's hop into the news. Now, first up, you put a post on our clan wall. It was like a weekly update of our own, our own Destiny the Show weekly update. Pretty cool stuff. What's happening in that post? Where can people find it? And also, what's going on with your stream schedule for the next few weeks? Sure. So, it's posted on our Twitter, on our Facebook, and it'll be in the, if you're listening to this on YouTube, it'll be in the description below. Um, it's just on our Bungie clan page, and it's basically a a year one update for uh or year two update for destiny the show in general and we're talking about um new new content we've talked about here on the show before two new shows coming to to twitch which is the last word which is an investigative news program where we take one or a group of ideas about the destiny universe and really dive into that and really investigate what's going on in that little sphere in the destiny universe and then the Destiny, the show lore segment, where we um, try and expand on different aspects of Destiny lore. I know there's a ton of people explaining the lore, but this one's going to be a little bit more in-depth again, a little bit more investigative. So those are coming to Twitch very soon, a little bit after the Taken King launch, because the first couple of weeks of Taken King, uh, we're going to be streaming all day, every day on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash destiny the show. So September 15th, as soon as Taken King launches, I'm going to be on Twitch, you know, 5 a.m. or whatever. It's going to be me drinking coffee, Taken King. That's 6 a.m. I think be. it comes out at 6 a.m. for you, right? Because, no, 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 you're right. 5 a.m. Because Taken it, King releases 3 a.m. Pacific time. Yeah, so it's yeah. going to be 5 a.m. for me. Mm-hmm. You know, my girlfriend's up getting ready for work anyways, so... Mm. I'm just going to roll out of bed, put the coffee pot on, and 
and get ready. And then the week before, so this week that this podcast launches, you know, we have that Crucible event, which we'll talk about uh, a little bit later on. I'm going to be streaming um, starting September 8th through Friday, September 11th. I'll be streaming uh, for about four hours starting at noon U.S. Central Time. That's again at twitch.tv slash Destiny the Show. We're going to do a lot of Crucible event there. Excellent. Yeah, let's talk about the Crucible event. It was in the weekly update this week. The weekly update talked about Court of Oryx, which was the last reveal stream before the Taken King. We're going to talk about that, recap it, give our feelings, but more importantly, really cool stuff. Update 2.0 is coming out on September 8th. By the way, it's a big patch. You will need 18 gigabytes free on your console. And it doesn't matter if you're not buying the Taken King to continue playing Destiny, you're going to need to download this. So have the space available and that patch is going to go live on September 8th. They're doing a Crucible preview event and it comes out on September 8th. It's a one week event where you can go try out Rift, one of the new game modes that's coming in the Taken King. And they're also letting you try out Mayhem, the other new game mode that's coming in the Taken King. You're going to be able to try, I think, the new multiplayer maps. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. Yes. And don't hold me to it. I know the game modes you're going to be able to give them a try. It's one full week. You don't have to own the Taken King. You don't have to have it pre-ordered. This is try before you buy or download. Think of it as your own personal E3 or Gamescom. Only it happens (laughs) at home on your couch. I love that quote from the weekly update. This is a great idea. And 2.0, bringing fresh new weapon balance. We have talked about it before here at length on the show. Changing the meta. Goodbye, Thorn. Goodbye, last words. Hello, post <laughs> rifles and auto rifles. Truly looking forward to this. By the way, the new subclasses will not be available. Those are coming out on launch, and you're going to need to visit your um, class trainer or class person to actually get the quests to do your new subclass and level it up. But pretty awesome. Really looking forward to it. And Diddy, that's what you're going to be streaming, right? Yeah, we're going to get a ton of viewer games in, so we're going to be rolling parties of six, you know, depending on how many people are in the chat, how many people want to join, we can uh, rotate people in and out every couple games. A thing to note about Mayhem, yeah, Weapon 2.0 update is coming out that week, but with Mayhem, it's all about the supers, so don't even worry about, oh, I don't have a good gun that's not Thorn. Who cares? I mean, just... Nova Bomb or Titan Smash or Golden Gun or Blade Dance or whatever you want to do. Um, I think I'm going to actually run uh, Radiant Skin Warlock with uh, Firebolt and Viking Funeral. And oh, be, yeah, the classic. Yeah, yeah the classic. The classic <sighs> annoyance with Heart of the Praxic Fire. Nades everywhere. So that's going to be super fun. And also Rift. Like, Rift is a new objective game mode in Destiny. And, you know, aside from Control or Salvage, there hasn't been really an objective mode. Nope. Neutral bomb Destiny. assault. That's what it's so like. So this is this is totally new in the Destiny universe. It's going to be super awesome, super exciting. So I'm yes. really, really looking forward to this next week. Much super, such wow. Look, there's a ton of the things that are changing on Tuesday, guys, and I'd love to go through the patch notes, but we have way more important stuff to talk about. One of the things, though, I do want to bring up before we move along here. Did you see that on 2.0's launch, the Grimoire score is going to be moved from the character nameplate And it will now only be displayed in the character screen. This is weird. This is removing that showboating factor that Grimoire score holds. Like when you're in that Crucible lobby and you look at that dude's nameplate and you see, hmm, he's got 3600 Grimoire. He's a beast. You know what I'm saying? Like we pass judgment on players based on their Grimoire. Now that it's moving to the character screen, I wonder why. Why do you think this is like happening? 
they're making way for where your new light level is going to go in the Taken King. So currently right. where Grimoire score is located, that's where your new light level will be. So 180, 186, 240, whatever your light level is, depending on your Taken King gear, once Taken King launches, that's where your light level is going to be. Gotcha. Uh, there's some smaller sizes. If you're on the PS3, uh, you need oh wow, wow, you need 20 gigabytes of hard drive space free on the PS3. But once it's installed, it'll only take up 10 gigs. And then if you're on the 360, it's only 10 gigs of hard drive space. Uh, it's 18 gigs, like I said, for PS4 and Xbox One. So get ready for a big download on Tuesday. Uh, I think that's just about it. Unless there's anything you wanted to bring up in regards to the patch and what people can expect, without going into crazy detail. Uh, the the thing at the bottom, actually, about the exotic bounties, that's super important. Oh, so, yes. Do you explain? Um, in terms of just regular bounties. So if you haven't um, completed a bounty in uh, before this patch, um, it's just going to be dismantled and discarded. But if you have bounties completed but not turned in, you will still be able to turn those in. But if you have an exotic bounty still active, that will auto-complete. So say you have three exotic or uh, elder ciphers and you don't have any of the prison of elders weapons, those are just going to auto complete. And then you just walk up to Varix and he's going to be like, Hey, you want three different guns? I can give you three different guns. Yep. So or just, a mentor missive. Yeah. If you have mentor missives, I think those will be dismantled. Yep. The bounty actually has to be, um, started. You gotta pick it. Yeah. You actually have to pick a bounty uh, in order for it to start in order for it to auto complete so if you have any mentor missives just lingering i would definitely pick those up before taking king launches absolutely let's move on to the court of War extreme it was the last reveal stream you did the whole reveal analysis after the stream so i'm going to be picking your brain most of this i watched it saw it live um enjoyed it what is the court of oryx it's the new public event how does it work it's in the hall of souls on the dreadnought you can load into patrol mode mood with only three people so this is not something that you can bring six people into in your own fire team but if there are other people around it supports up to nine guardians in total in the instance so what is court of oryx diddy it's basically a really streamlined prison of elders arena it's short super awesome yeah it's public event length so uh, when you're patrolling the dreadnought there are these items that you can pick up called runes and depending on the tier of the rune depends on the tier of uh public event or court of oryx public event so so tier one tier two right like that's what we saw blue and purple so a rare and a legendary white white and blue we did see a legendary rune and that they didn't use right the legendary was for tier three yes Okay, I, think I so. apologize. Yeah, so white, rare, yeah. <laughs> and legendary, but we only saw them finding whites in the patrol mode. I think so. I think... Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't think they found a rare one. I think they had to charge it to get the rare one. Right, something okay. like that. So I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry, keep going. <laughs> anyway, so assuming you have a rune, okay, you go to the Court of Oryx, and there are these... Um, obelisks or bust statues um, as you walk through this hallway there's three on each side they only really focused on the left side so maybe the guys on the right side have something different that we need to experience for ourselves but there are as we said three different tiers of court of orcs public events and tier one enemies uh, are going to be the easiest there's you, you 
you sacrifice your rune and it spawns in a boss and the boss has a specific mechanic that you have to figure out how to complete and then you just beat the boss and whoever started the public event gets the loot from the chest. So like you said, there's six statues in this hallway. It was cool to find out this was inspired by Shadow of the Colossus. If you guys have played that game, they have statues of the bosses that you fight and it's in a very similar layout and arrangement. Now, the tier one enemies were bosses that had a unique mechanic. Can you describe what those bosses were like or just a you know a spattering of them? Yeah, so for example, one of the bosses is an ogre that spawns into the arena and he has a, a shield, right? Yep. You're thinking, oh, I just use arc, solar, or whatever to take that shield down. That's not the case. No, no. <laughs> this shield is immune. He's only damaged by Cursed Thrall explosions. Yeah, so you cool. actually have to kite Cursed Thrall around the boss, take out the Cursed Thrall, damage the shield to take the shield down so you can actually damage the boss, right? Mm-hmm. And whenever you instigate this public event, you have uh, three, four, five minutes, depending on the difficulty, to actually complete the public event. So, yeah, all of them are on a timer. All yeah. the Court of Oryx missions are on a timer to be completed. Yeah, timing is a factor. And uh, to prevent AFKs, if the person who started the public event dies or leaves the arena, they need to come back within like 18 seconds or mm-hmm. the public event just dismantles. It just goes away. You don't complete the public event. Yep. So you actually need to be actively playing in the arena to actually get the loot yep now tier two bosses let's talk about the level differences in tier one so tier one bosses are around level 36 difficulty as tweeted out by bungie they said that tier two are much harder similar to nightfall difficulty and we did get to see some of those tier two bosses and what level were they they were level 41 which was higher than max level wait 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 (laughs) what did luke smith tweet out so in year one, Destiny, level discrepancy was massive, right? 33%. Yeah, 33% reduced damage if you were a single level below. That's not the case in year two, Destiny. So even though the players like Lace Up Lauren uh, and Urk and um, Ben, the three people who were playing Court of Oryx on the stream, even though they were only level 40 and they were fighting level 41 enemies they were dealing the same amount of damage, right? Because their mm-hmm. light level was high enough to take on these bosses. Yeah, that discrepancy isn't as big as in it year one. The reason I brought this up is because a lot of complaints in House of Wolves occurred when you're level 34 and you have to beat level 35 Skullless, and it just felt like a cheap way to implement difficulty. You know, oh, well, they just deal more damage to me and I deal less damage. So it's not as big a deal as people thought it would be. But, you know, our initial reaction in the Skype group was a little bit apprehensive, (laughs) wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say so. But once they explained it, it's like, oh, that makes sense now. And so the difference between tier one and tier two uh, public events in the dreadnought is um so tier one enemies there's a pool of like six or seven bosses right so depending on which public or which public event you start it'll give you a random boss and it's so that you don't get the same boss over and over and over again it's actually you know going to give you a different boss every single time Uh, and then tier two public events will give you two of those bosses at the same time with higher levels and higher difficulty yeah so there's it just adds to the chaos right Mm -hmm. and it's just it's not so much as bullet sponge bosses or 
I'm a level under, so I deal less damage. It's more about learning the mechanic of the fight so that you can complete it better. So I think one of the tier two um, public events uh, that they spawned in was one of the bosses had an immune shield that only dropped if he was the last person in the arena. So that means you have to fight, you have to beat the other bosses or the other boss first, right? And you have to yep. kill all the ads. Mm-hmm. The other boss that spawned in with him, I think I think it was the two Knight Brothers. So yep, who have to be these close. two Knight Brothers have immune shields as well, and they only go down if they're close together. So they had to kite together those two. Oh, no, I don't think that was at the same time. There was but a it doesn't matter. Kind of Those bosses that doesn't matter. were still seen. But that's still an example. That could yeah. happen, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to take out the other boss in order to get that Cabal shields down so you can actually take him out. So it's all about learning the mechanic of each boss. And then once it throws two of them at you, you're like, okay, now I have to figure out which one's less annoying and which one do I have to do first. Absolutely love that idea because that randomization is going to make it unpredictable. It's going to be fun. There's going to be different combinations, a lot of different combinations, right? That's going to keep this event from getting stale too quickly. Now, I'm not saying this is something you're going to be playing four months from now, but when it releases and for probably the first few months, this is a cool activity. It's a good idea, a nice way to do public events. In this stream, they were only using three guardians who were level 40s, but... Other guardians in the patrol space, if they're nearby, will see you completing the Court of Oryx and can join in at the start when you're basically doing the whole rune thing. Mm-hmm. And it can support up to nine people in that instance. I imagine with nine level 40 guardians, people are going to be tearing those bosses apart. But there's not a lot of cover. There didn't appear to be a lot of cheese spots. And the mechanics of especially the two brothers who, I don't know if they're brothers, but the two hive knights that have to be close together, right? That's a cool idea. You have to aggro one, bring it to the other one. That's I, We've talked about those kind of mechanics and wanting to see more of them. I was pretty pleased with this. In terms of the rewards, Eris reputation, what is up with that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the the Guardian that was on stream was wearing an Eris class item, most likely. But when after completing each public event, uh, well, for Tier 1 enemies or for tier one events, you got like 25 reputation, which is standard patrol reputation gain, right? Uh-huh. And, and then, yeah. the higher the tier, it, they gained 60 reputation for tier two mm-hmm. public events completion. So um, yeah, Eris has reputation, which leads us to believe that obviously it's confirmed that she's going to continue her reputation past four. She's going to have new gear for us and she's yep. going to be another vendor. You know, she's going to be relevant again. That's awesome. And they wouldn't show us Tier 3. Thank you, Deej. Now, we've been told that (laughs) Tier 3 rewards will be of the highest quality to match the skill it will undoubtedly take to emerge victorious. So, Tier 3 is probably going to be raid level. Well, maybe not raid level, but maybe nightfall roll chances. I don't don't know. They were saying it would be raid level difficulty. Yes. In so, terms of completing it. So interesting. Yeah. So one of my my I'm fifty fifty on this, right? So since tier two just adds another boss, what if tier three they're like, You've taken one, you've taken two bosses. <laughs> what about three bosses at the same time? That would be like uh, come on guys, let's be a little bit more creative yeah, than that. Yeah. You know? I want Remember that Reddit post really long time ago, like how strike bosses should have been? I want Fogoth to spawn in and throw curse thralls at us. Yeah, yes, like, yes. That would be hilariously awesome mm-hmm. and challenging. I want that, you know? Mm-hmm. But we don't know what's going to happen with Tier 3, so 
Who we'll knows? We'll it's going to be fun. See. And the other thing is, we tier one, two, and three were three of the six statues in the hallway. We don't know what the statues on the other side of the hallway do. Maybe they do the same thing. I highly doubt it. But Maybe they do nothing. Maybe they do nothing. I mean, maybe they're just there, you know, for DLC, right? Who knows? Oh, gosh. I'm just don't give him any ideas. Relax. Uh, is there anything? I feel like there's a couple of other things that we saw. Oh, that's right. Swords. Yeah. Go for it. Swords. <laughs> Swords. Swords. Are yep, we thing. finally got to see it, man. We saw an exotic sword, uh, and we Raised actually got lighter. to see the perks. Yeah, we it's actually got to see too. the perks. It's an exotic sword. So uh, there's only three swords confirmed in Destiny. We saw the, the exotic sword that she was holding was solar damage. We saw the arc sword that was teased in the year two stream, and uh, we've seen. And there's also a void one. Um, depending on the sword, it has it seems like it has a different slam attack. So if you pick up a sword of Crota... You hit the right trigger. It's just as a downward slam, right? Yep. The exotic sword that we saw on the stream did an uppercut. The mm-hmm. void sword, I think. The void sword did like a spinning slash. And I'm like, yes, I want that. That looks really cool. And you can block so, with the sword and it's third person. So yeah, just like and we it thought. uses heavy ammo and it, it has heavy. different stats. It has efficiency and energy. So efficiency is um, how much super energy or how much... Uh, ammo i'm using quotes here yeah, like ammo how many it actions consumes. can you take before it depletes yeah. right and then energy is ammo capacity you know yeah. we saw on the stream uh she used a heavy synth it gave her 55 sword charge and a lot of damage and knockback did you see the knockback it did so much damage so yeah. uh, someone in the in my breakdown stream chat said how much does the how much damage does the sword do and i paused it with the first uh swipe or uppercut 30,000 damage. I'm like, oh my gosh. That is huge. That's, that's Especially with year two numbers, dude. Oh man. Like, yeah, so the swords do a lot of damage. I'm worried about weapon reviews because all of our, our like normal stats that I'm used to are going to be changing. But Oh, we also found out that swords are not going to be found in the wild. You actually have to complete yep. a quest line mm-hmm. to obtain that sword. Yeah, that's cool. It's everybody yeah. getting a sword if they want. I mean, it. it's putting lore behind a weapon that you invest time into getting, you know? Salvaged relic data is now decrypted. Not of consequence. Evening, Guardian. Earn your honor, Guardian. Titan survey data requested by Bang. Okay, so Marty O'Donnell ended up winning his legal battle against Bungie. Last, um, it was April 2014. He was fired from Bungie without cause. They basically asked him, or I guess demanded of him, to surrender all of his stocks and his shares in the company, as well as not allowing him to um, basically be a part of their profit participation plan. Up until this point, we had no idea why he got fired, but Marty won his lawsuit against Bungie, and so we had an article from VentureBeat that came out giving us a lot of backstory and insight into the relationship between Activision and Bungie and how Marty was ultimately removed from the company Uh, over anger and frustration with Activision's choices towards um, creative influence. Who is Marty O'Donnell, Diddy, and why is he such an important figure in this whole story? He was the audio director at Bungie. He's one of of Bungie's founding members, so he's been there since the beginning, and he's really focused on uh, maintaining the creative process for artists. So anything audio-related, everything you heard when you played a Bungie game, he was behind so voiceover sound effects music obviously the music because the music is huge right not Mm -hmm. just 
not just in Bungie games, but in the video game industry, Marty O'Donnell is a legend because you hear the Halo music, you're like, yeah, I know what video game that's from. And that's insane. Like, if you think about that, that is incredible. You know, yep. he's just, he makes incredible music and he's just awesome. So it's just, man, Bungie really screwed the pooch with this one. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a mix of the Activision choice mm-hmm. and additionally, maybe, you know, Marty's actions. So let's go through the backstory here, you guys. On April 16th, 2010, Bungie and Activision Publishing agreed to make a five-part video game franchise dubbed Destiny. So back in 2010, they knew they were going to do this. I'm going to be quoting a lot from the article because this is very interesting if you're a Destiny fan. And I quote, the original release date was set for September 24th, 2013, and came out a year later in 2014. O'Donnell composed music for every application of the Destiny franchise. So that, in and of itself, is quite interesting. It was set to release in 2013, and O'Donnell was going to score the music for everything. Every application. That's the key sentence there, right? So O'Donnell composed a symphonic suite of eight movements, working with Paul McCartney, and this was recorded in 2013. It was called The Music of the Spheres. It was to be used throughout the Destiny franchise. Marty also worked with the audio team on the cinematics, sound design, sound effects, and more. Diddy, you're a musician. Can you give our listeners an idea how big eight movements is? Um, okay, so, well, obviously it depends on the piece, right? Yes, but yes. a classic uh, symphonic or orchestral suite is three or four movements, and that usually takes um, seven to 12 minutes to complete. So triple that, and that's yep. how So it's that's a decent amount of it music. It's, it's, yeah, from beginning to end, that's usually how long it takes if you're just playing it straight through. If it was just a singular game, you'd almost think three to four movements, right? When you hear eight movements that were done, recorded in 2013, that goes beyond just the original year of Destiny, doesn't it? Yeah, if we had a soundtrack, it would probably last four hours, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, right? Activision didn't have plans to release the music of Spheres as a standalone work. Now, that means releasing a soundtrack, right? And all the Halo games had soundtracks that were released, and basically all that music is Marty O'Donnell's music. People purchased it, and it had its own copyright stuff associated with it. But Activision didn't plan on doing it. Here's the big deal. At the 2013 E3 Destiny demo... Activision switched the music from the trailer without consulting Marty O'Donnell. They removed the Music of Spheres music that was originally with the trailer and replaced it with their own music. They didn't consult him, and they did this right before E3, so Marty didn't know. O'Donnell was angered by this and felt that Activision overstepped their role and assumed creative control. What, what do you just think about that right there, Diddy, before we go further? You don't do that. To He's the audio, the audio director. director. Yeah, you really don't do that. That's no, absolutely not. <laughs> yep. Harold Ryan, the CEO of Bungie, agreed with Marty O'Donnell and his anger. So he filed a veto letter to Activision about this complaint. Activision, in turn, overruled this objection. <laughs> it's really weird, like how this, it's like this political process overruled and then you know (laughs) phoenix comes out and points his finger marty tweeted that activision's music was used in the trailer when it came out and not his he also threatened bungie employees in an attempt to keep the trailer from being posted online and interrupted press briefings now that's quotes from the article i don't under I, i mean i don't get the threat part i don't know what he was doing to sort of say don't post this online right 
But tweeting out at the same time that your company is revealing this big thing, hey, I, I didn't do this, it's Activision, that's not great PR, and it doesn't really, uh, company CEOs don't really like that, right? Yeah, that's just, I think he was throwing a little bit of a temper tantrum little at salt. that point. Yeah, it's understandable salt. salt. <laughs> so, the court filings say that O'Donnell believed he was preserving Bungie's creative process, artistic integrity, and reputation, keeping faith with fans, and protecting Bungie and its intellectual property from Activision's encroachment into artistic decisions, end quote. Dude, I love that. That is like... That is what the rumor people have felt the whole time with Destiny, right? Activision is this evil force that's putting influence on Bungie and changing the outcome of this game, right? Now, we can read into this further and further, but Ryan, the CEO of Bungie, felt that Marty's conduct hurt the Bungie team, hurt the game, and drove a negative online discussion. And that's basically the seed that led to him getting fired in April. Now, the weird thing here is... um, Basically, O'Donnell, I'm going to quote here, argued that the audio work could not be completed until the game was in a bug-free, playable state. He felt the treatment was unfair, but said he would continue to work on the game. So, what do you get from this when he said you can't complete the audio work for the game until it's complete? That was in 2013, a year before Destiny was to come out, and he's still talking about the game being in a buggy, unplayable state. Yeah, it's... It's weird because I don't, I'm not a you know, game developer. I'm not an audio director for a game company, so I don't really know exactly how it works. But it almost seems like, you know, there are different aspects of the game that have to complete in order for an audio cue to come in, right? So, like, I need to run up this hill, and once I get to the hill, my character is going to sigh because he was running and he's panting or whatever. Yeah. And, like, that audio cue can't happen if running up the hill just like explodes the world right we yep. if the if a bug happens and i just fall through the earth like then it's not going to happen so like audio anything audio like music sound effects whatever is completely dependent on uh, game animations game graphics game environment so i would completely understand that the game needs to be playable in order for those audio cues to take place so i can understand uh, some frustration there it also says in the article it was revealed through the court process that uh, Destiny went through major story changes in August 2013. So that kind of confirms a rumor that was floating around. We could play Captain Speculation all day, and I'd rather not. But I think it's interesting to see Activision does possess a whole lot of control over the marketing, marketing of this game. And it's just good to be aware of this relationship between the two companies it was cool to see this insight marty ultimately got his shares back he got paid for um, vacation time that he wasn't compensated (laughs) for and he also is getting paid for his profit participation plan the first payment was like a hundred and forty thousand dollars so destiny made some decent money right yeah he is uh (laughs) i think it was like I think it was like Destiny made, what, 380-something million dollars in the first five days after launch. So, like, yeah, Destiny made some pretty good money. So, I think that's a, I think that would be a nice settlement for Marty at this Um, point. It's sad to see that he's not involved with this game. You know, Marty O'Donnell is bungee to me in a lot of ways like when you think of a bungee game and you think of halo you cannot think of halo without that opening theme song or the battle themes or just the music itself is such a core element 
I'm sad to see that he's not a part of Destiny, but I am glad to see that the court decided in his favor and he was paid, obviously, what, you know, was deserved, or at least what, you know, the court felt like was deserved. I guess it was arbitration, so that's a different style than a a jury being there. It's the judge that decides everything, I think. Yeah, and I think fans of Destiny should not be concerned about the music of Destiny moving forward. We've said that uh, Marty composed 10 years worth of music, that might not be 100% true. I mean, sitting down as a composer, you might, you know, plan out 10 years worth of themes, yeah. but not like actual compositions. Yeah. And Michael Salvatore, he's worked with Marty for decades, right? He yep. knows Marty's style. He knows Marty's work. So I would, I would bet that he's going to continue on with Marty's themes and uh, stylistic choices in terms of music. So um, he's going to take those themes that Marty had ideas for. um, And, you know, as the game evolves, like you can't compose 10 years worth of music and then be like, oh, we got the, uh, the sixth, expansion coming out let's get the sixth expansion yeah. music that you yeah, composed yeah, right. five years ago right yeah totally. the game evolves and you know you can't you don't make a 10-year game in a month right no, and they don't and, know and what then, thematics they're even going to exactly like the destiny universe is evolving continuously every month we get updates right mm-hmm. or what it, or it seems like and you know the music stylistically can change because you know who knew that the fourth DLC we got, the Taken King, would be Oryx, right? And that connects to Crota. Third DLC. We'd, or, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, fourth you know what I kind mean. of Destiny release. I think you yeah. know what you meant. I think it's yeah. very well said, So, too. like, yeah, the stylistic um, choices could change throughout the development of Destiny. Yeah, and I, I like the audio direction as it is, and I have full confidence. So, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. The current audio director is doing a great job, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes progressing forward. Woo, that was an interesting topic. I thought it was. I hope the listeners enjoyed it, too. I think it's, I mean, little bits of any info we get between the Activision Bungie relationship, I really like because it's it's interesting. It's just very little little bits of insight, right? Where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash Diddy DTS, D-I-T-T-Y DTS and twitch.tv slash Destiny the Show. Excellent. Remember to check out our friends at DestinyTracker.com, the best place for all the stats for your Destiny Guardian. Go to DestinyTheShow.com from all the links for all the links from today and more. Twitter.com slash DestinyTheShow and then you can follow me on YouTube.com slash BBKDragoon or on Twitter.com slash BBKDragoon. Thanks everybody. Enjoy 2.0. It's going to be a great week and Diddy, I'm looking forward to seeing your stream on Tuesday. Thank you. Looking forward to seeing you all there. <laughs>